It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. And we are within just a matter of hours and a few days here of Halloween. Yes, it's that time. You know, all that crazy stuff. So have you got your uh, Halloween costume out? You got it? Got it ready? Well, if you haven't, you better hurry. You better hurry. Not much time left here. So listen. Speaking of not much time, let me tell you uh, about our guest here. We got a lot of them here. Okay, starting with Caleb Sasser. And Caleb is one of the contestants from The Voice. He's on Team John Legend. And we saw him in action earlier this week during the uh, battle rounds. We also have author Andrew Duplessis. Speaking of scary things, Andrew has this new book out called too scared to sleep. And oh my goodness, does it live up to the title? This book is filled with these short stories. And you're talking about helping you to get your scream on. This book is interactive and it has some of the most scariest stories I have ever heard. I kid you not. You're going to have to just stay tuned and you'll just hear all about them. So anyway, Andrew will be joining us. And finally, we have actress and producer Sam Sorbo, who is the wife, of course, of popular actor Kevin Sorbo. And they have a new movie that will be premiering starting tomorrow and Monday. The movie is titled Miracle in East Texas. And it's based on a real true story that actually happened during the Depression era about these these guys who were uh, wildcatters, as I think they called them. And they were actually some con men, but you'll see. Sam will tell us all about it. So the movie stars uh, Kevin Sorbo, his wife, Sam Sor- Sorbo, uh, John Ratzenberg, remember him from Cheers? And also the legendary actor Lou Gossett Jr. will be uh, all in this one film. Again, it's called Miracle in East Texas. So that's our lineup of guests. It's a lot of them. Sit back while you're taking a break from looking for your costume, and we will take a break, and we'll be right back to start the show. Okay, we are back with more of Film Festival Radio Show, and this time we are getting to our guest here, our first guest. We just saw our first guest in action performing on the stages of NBC's hit show, The Voice. They are in season 24 battle rounds. They had the third battle round on Tuesday night. And our guest is one of the winners of the battle round, Caleb Sasser. And Caleb is on Team John Legend. And he is originally from Goldsboro, North Carolina. He now lives in Glendale, California, with his uh, girlfriend, who is... uh, He's now living in Glendale, California, with his girlfriend, who is a very talented opera singer. Yeah, it's real interesting. So Caleb has, uh, lo- even though he's only, how old is he? I think he's he's not 30. I think he's like 27 or so. He has a lot of um, experience 
Excuse me. <laughs> anyway, even though Caleb is not even 30, I think he's about 26, 27, he has already uh, a lot of good experience under his belt there. He has sang with Kanye West uh, Sunday Service Choir. He has sang also with Alicia Keys' choir at the Greek Theater in L.A. and just a lot of other ways, too much to you know, in this setting here for now. But anyway, uh, when Caleb is not performing uh, at different venues, he teaches voice and keyboard at a uh, Los Angeles-based academy there. So without any further delay, let's talk to my recent interview with Caleb Sasser on Team Legend for season 24 of The Voice. Let's take a listen. Hi, Caleb. Hi, how are you doing? I'm just great. I was just listening to some of your, uh, actually watching one of your video clips here again. And of course, you are Caleb Sasser from season 24 of The Voice. So we saw you and the rest of your your contestant buddies in action uh, earlier this week. Uh, during the battle rounds, the third round there. So, okay, you survived. And <laughs> what is that all about? I mean, how, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling really good. I'm very thankful to make it past the battle rounds and moving on to the knockouts. Um, that whole experience, this whole experience being on the voice has been amazing. And so how long have you been uh, a fan of the voice? I mean, have, have you ever tried out audition before or what? Well, yeah, I've um, I've been a fan since the, the show started. I don't remember what year that was, but uh, whenever I was old enough to start auditioning, I think it was like the age limit was 15. Um, my dad started taking me to auditions, and of course, at the time, they didn't uh, put me through. They were telling me no, and that was probably, I think my first audition was in high school, um, probably my sophomore year. I think that was like 2012. Okay. Um, and I just kept trying. Um, I auditioned for the other shows as well, and everybody just kept telling me no. And the voice came back around when I moved to California. One of the producers reached out to me, and they said, would you want to audition again? And I was a little skeptical about it before because it hadn't gone well in the past. But I was like, why not? It's the voice. And I got past uh, most of the I – mean, well, I got past all the – the auditions to get to the actual blind audition. So it went well. I well we see you you are here. It went very well for you. <laughs> it was so Thank worth you. it. So that was back when you were first auditioning, that was back when these type of shows had the big long lines and things you got did you have to stand in line a lot? Oh yeah. Oh. We drove to um Tennessee from Goldsboro about a twelve or thirteen hour drive. And we were I think we were across the street from like the House of Blues or something like that. Um, and we were, it was a super long line. It was like wrapped around the building like twice. And we were standing in there for, for hours. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember those at that time I was li- living in Nashville, uh, kind of near where those auditions took place. And we could stand on our balcony and just see all of the people that must have been kind of scary. I mean, at that time you were quite young and you're from a very small town in, uh, not very small, but rather small. So was it scary for you? It was definitely 
nerve-wracking. I wouldn't say it was scary because singing the music is a, is a huge passion of mine. So it's something that I love to do and something that I'm, I'm very passionate about. So like getting to actually go and audition, I was excited to to sing in front of them. I think the most nerve-wracking part was was the moment when it's your actual turn and like you start singing. Ah, uh, yes, they're definitely so. Because you're also watching everybody else's audition as well. So what's it like being uh, on Team Legend? Being on Team Legend is amazing. I, I'm a huge fan of, of John Legend. I've been singing his singing and listening to his music since I was in high school, going on college. Um, I love how he writes and his artistry. So I feel like I'm at home. I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. Well, yeah, it's definitely showing. So what are some of the cool, uh, so far, tips and suggestions that John has given you guys? Some of the, the tips that and suggestions that John has given me that I've, I've really taken um, is to let the story tell itself and to to less is more sometimes. So he's really big on just telling the story and, and really connecting to whoever is listening or the viewer. Now, I see where you have also um, sang in Kanye West Sunday service uh, there in yes. L.A. And so tell us about that experience. Did you actually meet Kanye directly or were you just part of the choir? Um, I've, Well, I wouldn't say I've met him directly. I mean, I've stood beside him, but I don't know that we've had like a conversation where he just uh -huh. knows my name. Okay. <laughs> um, but that process, I, I moved out to L.A. Um, September 2021. And about the second month, I auditioned for Kanye Sunday Service, and I got in. That experience was it was it was amazing. I met a lot of amazing people through that. It was it was a little intimidating at first because walking in that room, there's so many amazing singers that I've been looking up to my whole entire life. Like I've been watching these people on my phone, and like I'm sitting beside these people. So it was really it, it took a while to get used to to feel like I belonged in that room. Um, but, but I got over that. <laughs> yes. Well, you definitely belonged in that room because you have the talent just as everybody else. Thank you. Perhaps maybe even more talent than some of the people in the room, but we'll just don't talk about that part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I understand that you also uh, work with Alicia Keys's choir. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I did a, a gig with Alicia Keys during her. For Alicia Keys World Tour, um, she did a a concert at the Greek Theater here in L.A., um, and I was asked to be a part of a choir to back her up for one of her songs called Fallen, and we got to sing it with her on stage, and then we got to do like some rehearsals backstage with her as well. Oh, gosh, how exciting. Look at these superstars you've already performed <laughs> with, and now you're on Team Legend. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's so nice. So, okay, I understand also that your girlfriend is an opera singer. So have the two of you ever collaborated together? Oh, yeah. We actually met in North Carolina at UNC Pembroke. Um, we were in the um, music department. She was in the uh, classical opera section, and I was doing more commercial music. Um, but we've, we've sang together, I don't know, countless times. Um, we used to, have to sing at church together a lot. You ever talked to her about trying out for The Voice? I've I've been trying to get her to do a bunch of auditions. I don't know if she if she wants to really do them. 
Well, yeah, that divorce can be intimidating. I, I can only imagine. So, okay, you've watched the show for many years, and now you're on the show. So for you personally, is it more, what's more of a challenge? Is it is it singing in front of those judges and the audience and the cameras? Or what part of that is, is for you is more challenging? I think the most challenging part about it right now is that so like the blind audition their backs were turned so like that was pretty easy it was just me and and the well the backs were turned for the moment <laughs> um but like for for these next performances they're they're facing us already so i feel like that's the most um intimidating part i won't only, only want to say intimidating but that's the the part that's the most scariest because like they're they're facing you you can see them now so like and there's like these amazing singers and, and musicians so that's kind of have to take all that in <laughs> oh yeah that is a lot and then you got the orchestra the the band so to speak so you know watching the show when you're watching it in, at home and then you actually are on the stage is it a lot what you thought it would be or is it more than you thought it would be now that you're actually on the show i i think it's more than than what i thought it would be i think there's a lot more that goes into it and than a lot of people think <laughs> um especially like all of the behind the scenes and all of the filming and and like getting up to the point of the audition um it's a lot of a lot of hard work and a lot of practice that goes into it what would you tell advice someone who's thinking about wanting to audition and go all the way and get to the actual stage? What would you tell them? I would tell somebody who wants to audition to don't stop auditioning and to continue to to practice your, your craft and to, to own own your gift so that whenever you get to that moment and you are ready, that they'll be ready to turn around for you and it'll be time. Okay. For, for a lot of my auditions, I... I thought that I was ready at those moments, but I'm really glad that I didn't hear those yeses at those times because I wouldn't have been able to grow and learn from the things that those obstacles that I had to be able to get to where I am now. And finally, I love these pocket stories. Tell us how difficult or was it difficult keeping it a secret from family and friends that you had indeed made it through the blind auditions and you were part of the voice for this year. How did you keep that a secret from family and friends? That was the hardest part to keep it a secret because I wanted to tell everybody so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was, I I think it was really hard because one, you're doing this, this really amazing thing and it's, you're doing this for a couple of months. So it's like you have to keep it a secret and then people are asking you to come and do things and you have to tell them little white lies like, Oh no, I'm out of town. I can't do this just because like you have to keep it all a secret. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those stories are always so much fun. Did, did, did uh, anybody ever get you to, was it close that you almost told or your girlfriend or, or anybody? Well, I live with my my girlfriend, so she knew, and my my immediate family also knew. So, like, oh, okay. it wasn't hard to tell them. I mean, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, lastly, here I saw where uh, when you were younger that you wanted to be a singing chef. So, are you still interested in being a chef, or what? You know, I maybe one day um, in my my elder years, I might go back to to culinary school or actually go to culinary school. I love to to cook and to, to chef like whenever um here in cali i i cook to feel more like i'm at home like 
give like more soul food and really feel like that home cooking that my mom does. Oh, that would be awesome though. Hey, you you win the voice, you could take some of that prize money and maybe you know, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Caleb, thank you so much. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Student loans are always a pain there, aren't they? I don't even want to talk about that. But anyway, we're going to be cheering you on. Thank you so very much for chatting uh, with us. I mean, we've got the weekend coming up. What are your big weekend plans? Well, today I actually just released my Blind Audition song, Another Sad Love Song. So I just released that on all digital platforms, and I'll be performing at a couple of places in, in L.A., Okay. Um, this weekend, but other than that, I'll just be chilling. <laughs> okay, so uh, what is your handles on your social media so we can follow you? On Instagram and TikTok is the Caleb Sasser, and Facebook is the Caleb Sasser. Caleb Sasser. All right. Well, we wish you the best <laughs> of success, continued success, and people can go to your uh, Instagram and Facebook pages to get the exact location as to where you're performing this weekend in sunny Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, so thank you again, and we will continue to cheer you on on season 24 of The Voice. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. Take care and have a good weekend this week. Thank you, you too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, thank you so much, Caleb. And we'll be cheering for him. Yeah, all of the guests that we have from The Voice, and we have lots of them, we always cheer for them extra louder because they've been our guest. So anyway, he'll be in action as the competition carries on. And so we'll be cheering them on. So, all right, that brings me to our next guest here. How many of you out there love these reality shows about people trying to find love on islands, you know, the island dating shows and such? It's a lot of you because those shows are popping up like wildflowers all over the place here. Well, anyway, there's a new one coming on board on November so if you love shows about finding love on beautiful, exotic, tropical islands, this is a show for you. Starting November 1, the new show, Love Island Games, will be premiering on the Peacock Network. Uh, new episodes will start streaming Sundays through Fridays, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern. And the host is Ian. You've seen him in action. He's a very, very funny uh, comedian originally from Scotland. And he is the narrator for this new dating series called Love Games uh, USA. So now this is a spinoff show called Love Island Games. As I said, it'll be premiering on November 1. So what this show does, it brings together some fan favorites from the original show, Love Island. And these, these are people who are participated from around the world on, on the uh, Love Island game show. I mean, they're from all over the world. And they are competing uh, for a chance to not only find love, but maybe find uh, a way that that $100,000 grand prize will find its way into their bank account. So uh, it's going to be a fun show. I've seen the uh, promos and I saw um, a trailer as well as the first series, the first show, I should say, of the new series there. So 
Ian, we all know how fun he is. So I had the opportunity to talk to him about Love Island Games. And he was in Vegas. Just he said, well, you'll hear him say just a few days ago, actually. So we're going to talk about that. So again, the new show spinoff, actually, Love Island Games premieres November 1 on Peacock at 6 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m., of course, Eastern Time. So let's roll it with my chat with Ian Sterling. Take a listen. Your last three, you can say hello. Hello? Well, hello, Ian Sterling. Good morning to you, I should say. Oh, Janice, how are you? I am absolutely fantastic. I have some tea. I have some coffee. I got both. And now I'm talking to the great Ian Sterling, so we can't get too much better than that. I'm talking to the great Janice Malone. <laughs> and you're very well spoken, Janice, may I say. You've got a cup of tea on the go. I really enjoy that about you. Oh, yes. That's why I'm well spoken. I need double the caffeine. Just, you know how that goes. <laughs> but well, yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Ian, we are here. We've gathered here because we need to talk about your new show, Love Island Games, that's premiering on November 1st on Peacock with new episodes streaming Sundays through Fridays, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. also Eastern Time. So, okay, Mr. Ian, what is Love Island Games all about? I know it's about love, but what else? You know what? It's got quite a Las Vegas vibe about it in the sense of it's taken a classic thing, Love Island, and it's just made it a lot bigger and more high stakes. And there's loads of money involved. It's the most Las Vegas TV show I think I've ever heard. So if you're a fan of Love Island, from they've taken contestants from America, Australia, France, Sweden, UK, all over, all the best contestants we've ever had. And they put them in a villa together. And I suppose the big twist is to stay in the competition, to not be vulnerable. You've got to do well in talented. So people aren't just picking their partner out of physical attraction or chemistry. Uh They're also picking people that they think will do well in talented because they want to win that £100,000. They want the jackpot. So do you think there some some contestants are more into winning the $100,000 or are they more into the potential partner or what i don't know if you think this scans but it makes sense to my but generally speaking there was sort of a vibe where the americans were looking for love and the brits were sort of just doing whatever it took to win cash that's sort <laughs> of what it felt like from where i was sitting was there any particular the americans were more emotionally mature they wanted to come across nice on camera and the brits were just out there like dogs fighting over a second leg. <laughs> Somebody's going to get a lot of letters for that. Yeah, I don't know who that might be. <laughs> I well, I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking to you, Janice. This is your show. This I am very much your problem right now. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Well, tell me this. Uh, since there are contestants from all over the world that you mentioned about who might be who seem to be a little bit more serious. What about? Which country do you think was kind of more playful? You know, oh, this is just fun. Uh, any particular countries or what? Yeah, I think the, the sort of mainland Europeans were very sort of like, 
they wanted to be loved and adored, spread the strength. You know what I mean? They've got that history of love and romance. I really got that vibe. And I do feel like a lot of the Americans have got this, they've got a, they're just a lot more modern when it comes to expressing your emotions and feelings. And many Americans were a lot more fiery at times as well, because Americans on the show would just set people down and we need to talk about our emotions right now. And they just sit down and just say things to each other, which a British person is, sounds, is mad. We like to just keep our emotions to ourselves, stiff up our lip, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I really like the Americans approach to those sorts of things. So and I'm not, it sounds mad, but to Americans, but like you date, like in the UK, we don't really do dating. You wouldn't go up to somebody sober in the street and ask them if they wanted to go for a coffee or anything. You, we both, in the UK, everyone just waits till they're like really drunk and then they sort of smash <laughs> themselves together and just see who ends up with one another. This is kind of good advice, uh, Ian, for I have a couple of friends who are determined to date next uh, partners they get. They want some British guys. So this is some good advice you're sharing here to to look out for. Yeah, basically, if you want a British guy, you're just going you have to make the move. A British ah. guy is sort of like he's sort of like a snow leopard. You're not going to find him <laughs> out and about in the wild. You're going to have to hunt one down. But then once, but then also they're very amenable. If a lady comes up to a British guy and asks him to go for a cup or whatever, they're not saying no to that. And it, and it happens very rarely. So to all the American listeners, male or female, if you're looking for a partner, male or female, in this sort of uh, in the in the British variety, I think being forward would be very sexy to us. We would enjoy that profusely. Ah, so that's how it works. Okay, note to self: I might be yeah. wanting to jump in there too with the British guy. Well, obviously, are you are you in Vegas at the minute? Because that's like the, there's lots of Brits out there. You'll find them in the hotels and whatnot. I am in Vegas this very second. Yes, I am. So I'll remember I, that. Well, I, Funnily enough, I got back from Vegas not three days ago. Can you believe that? We could have done this in person. We could have done this in person. So how much money did you win? I actually won $34. No. <laughs> yeah, I'd done the old, I had, I got $500 out for three days. I thought that's my money. We went to see, we went, we went to see you two and Adele. That was the main reason we went. Oh, I'm good not, shows. I'm not a big gambler, really. I went more for I went more for the shows, you know. But then we went down to about um, two hundred and something, and I'd done that thing just as I was leaving. Put it all on black. Got it. Beat the house. Took my money and ran. That's how that's you the do best it. Best way to be. That is. That is how you do it. Well, to further speak of games, as we wrap this up, what are a couple of games um, that the couples are going to be doing on Love Island Games? Well, do you know what? Again, if you watch, if you watch Love Island, mm-hmm. uh, the listeners at home that watch it, it's a very much a sort of supercharged version of the challenges we have in the main show. Um, but there's like, t- there's like tug of, tugs of war and sort of like fair, fair, uh, fairground games and stuff, which I know doesn't sound very interesting. I'm not selling it fantastically, but I promise when you watch, what you've got to remember is you've not seen a tug of war until you've seen people do tug of war knowing that the loser doesn't get a hundred grand. Then it becomes a much more interesting tug of war, if that makes sense. Oh yes, yes, that's a serious tug. That's that yeah, every tug represents, I'm sure, a thousand dollars a tug. So yeah. 
I get it. A thousand dollars a ton. That's what that's what was happening on this show. Whew, that that puts a whole different spin on tug of war there. But anyway, in the show again, Love Island Games premiering Wednesday, November one yep. on Peacock. Next time you hit Vegas, my dear, please contact us so we can hang out and laugh and such. Well, honestly, Janice, I absolutely, I absolutely love, I absolutely love it. I just love Vegas, I, and I, and I, I'm, I don't mean that. And I sort of like, I come around and just, I love the, I love the vibe and the mixed import of people and everything about it. I've got a friend that lives out there, so I will be in proper suburban Vegas, which is gorgeous, by the way, man. I have no idea. Yes, as, it is. As, as many people don't. Yeah, that's why so I'm here. Lovely. That is why I'm here. Yes, it uh, is. So, yeah, I will be back, Janice, and I will uh, pay you a visit if that's okay. That's okay. That's more than okay. So, okay, we will see you on Wednesday, oh, November you. 1, on Love Island Games. Yeah, please tune in. I would really appreciate it if you did. It's a very fun show for both fans of Love Island USA and fans that aren't. It will work for you both, I promise. Okay, thank you. Will do. We'll see you on Wednesday then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, as we all know, Halloween is only a few days and a few hours away. And for those of you who are diehard celebrators of Halloween, I know you are already, you're probably dressed in costume as we're listening and doing this show. I bet you are. At least I hope you are. That makes it even better. And what is better than spending a Halloween in Las Vegas? Oh, please. Well, anyway, if you have not done up and found up your costume yet, what are you waiting for? You better hurry. Well, maybe we can encourage you. Our next guest here is perfect for the Halloween season. He has a brand new book titled Too Scared to Sleep. His name is Andrew Duplessis, and his book will definitely help you to get your scream on. Now, if you are a fan of horror and scaredy movies, like, well, I'm just kind of, I like being scared, but I don't really like to get deep into horror stuff. But if you do, this book is for you, Too Scared to Sleep. I mean, Andrew has these bone-chilling horror and supernatural scary, I mean, really scary stuff. It's a collection of short stories, and this is his first book. Now, even though this is his first novel, this is not Andrew's first rodeo into the horror film and horror uh, television writing genre. He's a well-known creator uh, in the book talk genre, millions of followers on TikTok. And he's also a producer and a writer of various television shows, including American Horror Story. What makes Andrew's new book, Too Scared to Sleep, extremely unique and such a hit among readers already is that the book has interaction with its readers using a QR code. So I'm going to be quiet and let Andrew explain how that QR code works. It is so way cool. But I mean, there are some of these short stories, just one of them, for example. There's a short story he has about roses that require human blood in order for them to bloom. I kid you not. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, there's another one about this garbage disposal. Not regular garbage. It feeds on human flesh. 
oh, don't you hate when that happens to your garbage disposal? Well, anyway, Andrew, again, the book is Too Scared to Sleep. Andrew Duplessis is the author, and I had the opportunity to chat with him early yesterday morning, and I was too scared to go back to sleep when I finished chatting with him. But anyway, again, the book is Too Scared to Sleep, and you can find it at all the places where really cool books are sold. So let's roll it with my chat with Andrew Duplessis. I'll say hello to you in just a second. Okay, sure. Again, this is for radio for about five minutes. All right, stand by. We're going to open up the line. And whenever you're ready, you can say hello to Tammy. Hey, Dan, what's going on? Hi, good morning, Andrew Duplessis. Um, I have been waiting to talk with you. You have this new book, Too Scared to Sleep. And the stories more than make up for the title. The stories just live up to that title. I understand that uh, this is your first book. This is uh, short stories and uh, of scary short stories. Tell us about, this is not just a book, but tell us how this book inter, has interaction with the readers via the QR code. So tell us about that aspect. Totally, yeah. So basically, Too Scared to Sleep um, is jam-packed with 30 short stories and 30 short movies that are accessible via QR codes. So you can scan it with your phone's camera. There's no app. It's super easy. Um, and really, this was inspired by me growing up reading um, Goosebumps and me now loving the show Black Mirror. And so I wanted to add that visual aspect to each one of the stories where readers can just simply scan after they read it and then boom, they get that short movie. And so that, that was really the, the goal. And I do want to mention to readers, for those who may not know, you have millions of followers on TikTok, book talk genre there. Uh, you're also a producer and a writer on uh, television shows such as American Horror Story. And now you've got this collection of short stories in this wild book, Too Scared to Sleep. Okay. Okay. Andrew, what is this all about? A garbage disposal that feeds on flesh? That's a story in your book? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's one of those things where you're walking around the house and you see something creepy and you're just like, hey, that that could be a story. And so, you know, garbage disposals are kind of spooky and loud. Um, and I don't want to spoil the story, but you can imagine what happens. But, you know, that's, that's sort of the, the, the thing you'll see. And also, I spent a lot of time in tech. And so this is also, you know, showing the dark side of social media, um, sort of that Black Mirror aspect. I'll never look at my garbage disposal the same after reading this. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, what, one more. What about this stuffed rabbit that cooks parrots? Andrew, really? <laughs> well, you know, that was inspired by a real stuffed animal I had and it just had the most human looking eyes. Like it was such an unusual stuffed animal and it was so creepy. And so, you know, I had to give that, that animal, uh, you know, a dedicated story. And so, yeah, I took it kind of a dark path. But if you grew up with stuffed animals, you may love that one. Yeah, I I just, I, I, I mean, I'm really this person that doesn't hardly get into horror stories. But these, yeah, I had to. This is so unique. Yeah. It's so creative. And uh, for this generation, using the QR, QR code and the films and the TikTok elements, that's just genius on your part. So I say congratulations on that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hope I, I think people are starting to like him. People are starting to post them online, and, and it's, it's just fun to see. Uh, final question here. What are your Halloween plans? Or are you going to be too busy promoting your book? No, I got plans. I'm going to go trick-or-treating with my nephew. I'm going to go to the Cowboy, I think, or something like that. But I'm, I'm excited. I'll do trick-or-treating. I may actually bring some of my books and sign them for younger trick-or-treaters and give them out um, so they, they don't sleep. But, yeah, that's my plan. Keep it simple. Oh, no stuffed rabbits, you know, that whole thing. No, <laughs> no maybe. Maybe. We'll see. One last question here. Andrew, how can people find you on Instagram? Yeah, so it's just Andrew Dupletti, um on Instagram and TikTok. And then if you're if you're looking for the book, the type in Too Scared to Sleep on Google, but it's everywhere at Barnes & Noble, um, you know, Amazon, in Florida. Great, great job, Andrew. Thank you so much for the chat. And I guess we can just say happy Halloween from this point on. Yeah, happy Halloween. <laughs> Thanks so much. Okay, take care then. Bye-bye. Well, listen, there is a new movie that will be opening up October 29th and 30th is titled Miracle in East Texas. And that's where I'm originally from, Texas. So this really got my attention. The movie stars Kevin Sorbo. We all know him. John Ratzenberg, remember from Cheers, we know him. Uh, actress Sam Sorbo, who is, of course, Kevin's wife. And the legendary actor Lou Gossett Jr. So if you would like to get more information to get tickets uh, at the theaters, if you'd like to get more information about tickets and where you can see the film, go to the website, Sorbo, S-O-R-B-O, studios, with an S, dot com. That's sorbostudios.com. Now, this is a really, it's, it's a comedy. It, it is actually based on a real story. And it's about two con men uh, during the time, during the, the, uh, the Depression, and they are they're kind of scammers there. Yeah, they that's what they really are. So they scam lonely widows out of hundreds of dollars. And they promise these widows that they are going to make them rich because they are, you know, Texas wildcatters searching for oil wells and such. And that's kind of the impetus of the story there. Very interesting ending. It's a lot of laughs, but it's, it's entertaining, but it's also a bit educational. And so our guest, Sam Sorbo, uh, as I said, she stars as one of the widows that the um, con guys spend a lot of money. But she's going to be joining us in this interview, and she has a lot of details, behind-the-scenes uh, information. Of course, we love those, as I call them, pocket stories. And so Sam Sorbo will be chatting with us in about 10 seconds or so, and telling us more about the making of their new film, Miracle in East Texas. Again, it opens nationwide October 29th and 30th. Please go to the website, sorbostudios.com. And there you will find all of the information that you need. So now let's roll it and let's listen to my recent chat with Sam Sorbo. So let's listen right now. Good afternoon, Sam. It's such a pleasure to chat with you. And uh, we are more than ready to dig in and start chatting here. Yeah. <laughs> OK, 
Okay, well, we have gathered here to talk about this new movie, Miracle in Texas, which opens October 29th and uh, 30th. So it's such a it's such a delightful film. It's uh, I understand that it's based partially based or mostly based on an actual true story. And so tell us, first of all, you are one of the stars writer, producer, your your track record is just phenomenal of your talents here. Uh, and your husband, Kevin Sorbo, of course, is the director. So tell us more about the synopsis of this movie. Yeah, well, it, it stars Kevin Sorbo and Don Rathenberger, who you might remember from Sears. Absolutely. And, oh, I don't know, every single Pixar movie ever made. <laughs> yes. I think, that's his, I think that's his second claim to fame after Cheers. So um, they are two... Struggles, basically. They are con men who go through Oklahoma and Texas wooing widows into investing in their basically fake oil wells. They fancy themselves to be oil men, but I think underneath, underneath it all, they know that they're not really. They have a broken down old jalopy that actually breaks down on the way to their final drill site and they don't, they can't even afford to fix it. So they just drill right there. <laughs> and as luck would have it, they actually make the biggest oil strike in the history of the world. For real, it's really, it's a, it's really an amazing story. And, um, we were just blessed that, that Dan Gordon, who is a, an Austin nominated screenwriter, he wrote The Hurricane for Denzel Washington and Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner. And he wrote 60 episodes of Highway to Heaven for Michael Landon. Oh, goodness. And he brought us a script. It, originally, he had, he had created the script for, um, Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Because it is sort of in the vein of this thing or, um, uh, you know, some of the other movies that those guys did, but they could never find the right timing to do it together. And so, uh, he put it on a shelf and he waited and he, he bided his time, as they say. And so, uh, we were just lucky enough to, to come upon it and he was willing to, uh, to lend it to us. And so we were just very blessed to be able to produce this. Really fun, family-friendly comedy uh, that's actually based on a true story. It's really quite remarkable. I'm originally from Texas, and so when I saw that this the title, and then saw the storyline, I said, "I wonder is this was this shot in West Texas, or where did you guys shoot the film?" Oh, so that's funny because people who watched the film in Texas came up to my husband afterwards and said, "I know exactly where you shot some of those scenes," and he said, "No, you don't." Because we actually, we shot up in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Oh, and, uh, we shot on, on a ranch that they used for, um, Unforgiven and Loads and Dove and The Revenant and a lot of other westerns. It's a beautiful place up there. If you turn one way, you do see the Rockies and you don't want to. So you shoot everything the other direction and it's all very flat like that. Oh my goodness. It looks so much like the Permian Basin area of West Texas. So man, the locations person did an excellent job with that film. I just, it's just beautiful. So yeah. And I'll tell you, we, we mounted the film in record time, really Mm -hmm. incredible, but we have such a great team up there and they do such a great job. And, um, I'm just thrilled with the way the whole movie came out and people love it. It's one, uh, it won best faith film, best family film, best romantic comedy at various film festivals. My husband actually won best director for one of the, from one of the film festivals. So we've done, we've done very well. Audience favorite also. We're really hoping to get families back into the theater to enjoy 
good, wholesome entertainment that is uplifting and inspiring because it's based on a true story. So these people actually live the things that we, that most of what we tell in the movie is actually based in fact. And in, and in fact, I'll tell you, um, the, the guy that comes in at the end is actually a representative of, uh, the Hunt family. And this is how the Hunt, this story is how the Hunt family became basically overnight the wealthiest oil man in the business. My goodness, the Hunt oil, of course, it all makes sense now. Oh, yeah. isn't it? I love movies that are based on actual facts. I, I just love that. I, I, yeah. I just love them. Love them so much. Well, tell well, us about... You know, it's, it's important because when we go to the theater and we watch a superhero movie that has a ton of, you know, CGI and stuff, it's fun and it's exhausting. But when you leave the theater, your your life really hasn't improved. Yes. Because you you can't be that superhero. You can't fly through the air. You can't, you know, lift heavy things like that. Like, you can't be the superhero. When we see true stories and people acting heroic despite their shortcomings that are based on true stories, there's hope for us. We go, well, okay, this guy did it. Maybe I can do something, you know, mm-hmm. remarkable with my life. Exactly. I mean, as much as I would love to be a James Bond girl, when I go home, it's just not happening. It's just not. <laughs> it's just not. Exactly. But yeah, you're correct. This, you're funny. That's that's really what uh, I think. You summed it up perfectly. Al, because I used to question myself: Why do I love movies that are based on f- true stories? And you just summed it up perfectly. That's why. Yeah. That that's why. why. Okay, Miss Sam, tell us about your character. Um, my character is: I am one of the wealthy widows who is seduced by the charms of this Lothario, uh, played by my husband. And, you know, these guys actually did quote, quote, uh, uh, Shakespeare and quote scripture to, to these women. Um, and so she was seduced by him and charmed by him. But when she finds out that he was just, uh, basically when she finds out that he's a loser, then she seeks vengeance. That's part of the, the whole plot twist in the mm-hmm. story. And, uh, there's a great scene in there where it all comes together at the end, a, a nice big climactic finish for the movie and it's actually very very funny it, it totally is and uh i really love the costumes of course it was uh based back in the during the depression but the costumes and 1930 the, yeah and the old cars and wow. vehicles. it's so much fun to look at that oh my goodness i had people i had people coming up to me at the film screening saying i was born in the wrong era <laughs> i want to dress like that you know I know. How much fun was it for, for you actors to put on those costumes and such? Oh, so much fun. We had we had great costumists. We had great you, you already remarked on the location. We we really had a talented crew putting this whole film together. So Well, okay, of course the question I'm sure everybody wants to know, what was it like? What is it like working with your husband Kevin? You know, a lot of people ask us that. And what I, what I say to people is we fight really well. <laughs> and, you know, marriage, marriage is work and you need to have opinions and you need to be able to defend those opinions. But we, when we disagree, we disagree very well and we come to, we come to terms. And I, I, I think back on something that, you know, Kevin insisted on getting and at the time, because he's the director, 
and I'm the producer, and it's going to cost us more money, and it's going to take more time. And so I was against it because I just didn't see it. But he fought, and we had a long, drawn-out, you know, discussion <laughs> about it. And he eventually got it. He shot it because he insisted. And I'll tell you something. It's probably one of the best scenes in the movie. So, you know, it's important to disagree. It's important to contend for what you believe. But it's also important to recognize that that uh, the other person has great talent and, uh, you know, great, uh, great ideas. And, you know, sometimes you just need to fight for them. Look, that's so very true. That's so very, very true. Well, now I got two more questions here. I understand that Lou Gossett has uh, a role in, in the film. Tell us about that. So Lou Gossett was so great to work with, I got to say. He comes in, he basically book, bookends the movie. Okay. Uh, because because his character, in the, the character in the story is him as a very young boy in 1930s Texas. <laughs> And um, so he comes in at the beginning of the movie to explain, but i got to tell you, some of the funniest scenes are with him. And so what we did, because we had to cut some of them, we put them at the very end of the movie. If you stay for the, for the credits in the movie, you'll see a bunch of the outtakes from the movie. And he's hilarious. Rathenberger, John Rathenberger plays the other, um, you know, con man. And he's hilarious. My goodness, we had so much fun on the set with these guys. And it shows in the movie. The movie's very funny. And then at the end, you've got the outtakes that uh, that are just them goofing around on set or, or bloopers or whatever. And it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, that's another element of, of uh, films, especially comedies that I like, too. Just like, uh, you know, with the outtakes at the end, like uh, The Hangover, is one, the original one was a really good one for that. And uh, so yeah. this one, too. This one as well. And so lastly here, uh, again, Miracle in East Texas opens October 29th and 30th. How can people find out where to see it in, in their city? I mean, where do they need to go? Oh, yeah, that's easy. Go to sorbostudios.com. Okay. And you just put in your, uh, you click on tickets and you put in your uh, zip code and it'll give you all the theaters around you where the film's showing. And you can buy your tickets online, which is, Makes it really easy because once you buy your tickets and you can even choose your seat. So you get the whole, you know, theatrical experience. But what you can do is screenshot that and send it to all your friends. And we're asking people to do that for two reasons. One, it's fun to go to the the movies with other people, right? Yes. But it's also there's that burden of sort of organizing it and who's going to buy the tickets and who's going to, what time are you getting there and, and all that. This makes it super easy. Then people come, they buy their own tickets. They've already bought their own tickets, right? And it makes it super easy. But also, we need people's voices to support the movie and tell other people. We don't have the $100 million advertising budget that these big blockbuster movies have. And so we can't afford to buy TV ads and be on all the football games that you're, that you're watching now and stuff. So we need people to help spread the word about, about uplifting entertainment. And um, and so that's what we're asking people to, to help out with. And also, when you go to sorbostudios.com, you can sign up for our email. We like to stay in touch with people. And, of course, Facebook took my husband off the platform about three years ago now. LinkedIn also dumped him. <laughs> and so we've discovered that email and texting is actually it's, it's actually a better way to stay in touch with people. And we put out, you know, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, in our email letters and uh, and stuff like that. Oh, and before I let you go, there's also, if 
if you've ever considered homeschooling, uh, you might not know this, but I'm a very big homeschool proponent. So we developed a curriculum that goes along with the movie. Now you go, you, you might think, well, how can you homeschool based on an entertaining film? But in fact, you can. And so there's a short curriculum because the movie is historic. It is dealing with the depression. It does deal with the economy. It deals with oil, one of our most uh, valuable natural resources. And it deals with uh, the theme of forgiveness. And these are all worthy conversations, worthy topics to discuss with your children. And that counts as education because the children are learning from the movie and from you as the, as the parent. So I encourage people to go to sorbostudios.com. You can get the free download there. I will talk to you. There are spoilers in it, so don't read it before the movie. But um, there's that. And then if you if you have a book club, you could have the whole book club go to the movie and then get together afterwards and discuss some of the themes in the movie. We have a discussion guide for book clubs as well. That is awesome. So this movie will entertain and educate you all at the same time. Good, good packaging there. Right. That's great. Well, that's part of the uplifting part of the movie, right? It, yes, it's it not is. just giving you a message of hope, but it's it's brightening your your life in some way, and that's what we that's what we really try to do at Sorbo Studios, and uh, and we're getting it done. So yes. we hope that you'll support and go see the movie and tell your friends and really enjoy a nice evening out. Absolutely, and again, the movie is Miracle in East Texas. Opens October 29th and 30th. Sorbo Studios. Dot com is where you can get all of the information. So quickly here, Sam, can you tell us um, next project from your studio? Oh, my gosh. We've got four movies in the can and uh, two more that are coming down the pipe. My husband stays very, very busy. He's got a, a documentary coming out next spring called Eating with the Enemy by the same people who did... Um, who did uh, Before the Wrap, which was the number one documentary on Amazon for like five months running. It was pretty crazy. Uh, so they've got another another documentary coming out. He's got um, Plus for the Throne is another documentary coming. Really, go to Sorbo Studios okay. and sign up for our email so we can keep everyone apprised of what's going on in, uh, in uplifting entertainment. Movies that move you. That movies that will entertain, again, entertain and educate and inform you. And I'm already signed up on the mailing list, so everybody else follow our, our lead on that as well. So, Sam, again, thank you so much for all the work that you and your husband are doing, uh, keeping all of us, you know, in all these crazy times we're in. You're producing product that's keeping us entertained. So thank you so much for the work. Yes. Well, thank you for being you, and thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, then. And so we look forward to hopefully talking to you on some of the next projects as they're released. Great. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, thank you so much, Sam uh, Sorbo. Once again, the movie is Miracle in East Texas. It starts tomorrow and also Monday. Go to their website, as she said, to check uh, where you can get tickets and uh, the theaters that it will be showing in your area. We are so out of time. Want to thank all of our guests for being here this week. And you guys, of course, thank you for listening and have a very happy and very safe Halloween. So we'll see you next Saturday. Take care. Bye-bye.